Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to You Learn Something New Every Day with Chloe Vetter. I am your host. My name is Chloe, and I am so excited for another episode of this series that I am doing on the book Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Uh, this author is also one of my all-time favorite podcast hosts. He has a podcast called On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Go check that out. It is amazing. I love it. I learned so much from it, and I credit a lot of my uh, my, how I, my, my technique, for lack of a better term, in approaching my podcasts and approaching, honestly, just, like, my day-to-day life, uh, I really, really get a lot of insight from this man and all of the content that he has produced. Uh, so if you haven't checked him out, make sure to, again, his book, is what we're going to be talking about today. I've done two episodes so far. The first one was Identity. It was on chapter one. The second one is called Negativity. It's on chapter two. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go check those out before coming to this one. And yeah, if you've already checked them out, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. Thank you so much for deciding to click on today's episode. Before we get into it, uh, if you want to rate this podcast five stars, subscribe. That would really help me out. That would really mean a lot to me. In addition, you could write a review if you have a moment. That also would help me out a lot. Post this on your story. Share this with people that you think might benefit from this. Let people know you're subscribed. Let people know what you're learning. That also is just the goal of this podcast is to spread the message, to encourage mindfulness and the title of this podcast you learn something new every day it's a cliche but you know cliches are cliches for a reason and if you are being mindful and if you are trying your best to be present in your day-to-day life and you are just taking in everything around you you're going to find that you learn a lot every single day and I like to share one thing that I learned at the beginning of each episode so one thing that I learned today is I uh, so it's it's not necessarily a new realization it's not the most like profound thing I've learned but this is something that I kind of have you know those things that you kind of have to learn over and over again like as time goes on because we're humans and we forget and we you know we get sucked into things that might not represent our true values and we kind of stray away from what we might know deep down inside so this was something that kind of just re-popped up into my head today and when I was journaling and listening to some podcasts and it is the fact that you're your best and like you doing like your top performance in whatever aspect of life doesn't mean that you have to give everything you have and more to the point of exhaustion to the point of you not being able to take care of yourself and whatever else you need to take care of uh I definitely I'm someone who can tend to burn myself out if I'm not being aware of it, if I'm not making the effort to not. Uh, I'm a yes man, and I don't always... I'm trying to become better at saying no, and I really have within the past few months, but, like, it's still a struggle for me. And it's hard when you love what you do because it's harder to say no to things because you do want to say yes but you can't say yes to everything like it's like that concept like even if you can do everything that doesn't mean you should do everything you know like there's a point where you're gonna crash and you're gonna burn and that's not that that's not I'm learning that like 
to feel successful and feel like I got a lot done at the end of the day doesn't have to be followed by a feeling of exhaustion and like I can't do anything else like I'm completely burnt out that doesn't you don't have to get to that point to feel like you succeeded to feel like you gave it your all because you giving your all also needs to be it also needs to be considered that like there is a factor and that is that you have to have energy for yourself at the end of the day and your basic needs and so if you're completely burnt out from work or whatever else you know this is resonating with for you it it just like you have to be able to have that time and that energy and that space for you so just remember that like you being successful and productive doesn't mean that you have to full-on burn yourself out all right let's get into this so chapter three again it's titled fear uh so the very first thing written is on page 46 and buddha actually said this uh shetty writes that fear does not prevent death it prevents life And just, I remember reading this book for the first time and, like, reading that and just being like, holy shit, like, that is, like, it wasn't even explained. I just, I just understood it. I was just like, that is so true. And I feel like that's a big theme throughout the rest of this chapter. So, Shetty opens up the chapter by kind of addressing the fact that when we're growing up, we're taught that fear is negative. It's something that is, you know, not good something that's not beneficial um on page 46 he writes we have so much to offer the world but fear and anxiety disconnect us from our abilities so like from the beginning we are taught to be embarrassed by it you know it shouldn't it, it shouldn't like it's just and it's not something that we're proud of necessarily you know but it shouldn't be this bad thing because it's a warning flag you know like sometimes we we must use this fear but we the thing is we can't let the fear consume our being we can't let the fear hold us back and so it's this fine line that you kind of have to find where yes it like it can be bad in the sense of it can consume us but if you are using it properly which we'll talk about then it's not as bad as it's cracked up to be um there's a horn going off and i really hope you guys can't hear it but i have a feeling you can and it's really annoying me um somebody one of my neighbors get your keys click the button figure it out please and thanks um okay we're just gonna pretend it's not happening Oh, it shut off. Perfect. Okay, so where was I? So Shetty was basically in this beginning of the chapter is encouraging us to gently and consistently ask ourselves like what we are scared of um, because it takes time. Like gentle, like doing this gently is so key because... Like, we have to ask with sincerity. We can't ask with force. Because if we are forceful, if we are mean to ourselves, like, we kind of shut down, you know, and we get defensive. 
Uh, it takes a lot of time to do this because we're really good at dodging discomfort. Like our bodies and our minds naturally take the path of least resistance. So that's why we also have to ask so gently and like the consistency is what's going to add up because the first few times you're going to feel uncomfortable and we're going to dodge it. We're going to try to avoid it, you know? And so when it becomes consistent and it becomes not as big of a daunting question, it just kind of, it makes you start to think a little bit more. And that's all you need to do is just start to think on it. Just become aware of it, you know, ask yourself what you're scared of. And remember that it takes time to get to that point where you are able to actually honestly answer this. On page 49, Shetty wrote, Fear can help us identify and address patterns of thinking and behavior that don't serve us. So the reason it's important to ask what you're scared of is because it can, this fear can help us. Like it literally, because once you get to the point where you figure out what you're scared of, you can start to ask why you're scared of it. You know, you can figure out the things that aren't really helping you out. Fear isn't necessarily bad. It's that we fear the wrong things. Like our our values are not lined up. On page 49, Shetty wrote, Often we notice fear's warning, but ignore its guidance. I want to say that again. Often we notice fear's warning, but ignore its guidance. We'll kind of like be aware of the fear... But again, we take it as something that's negative and bad and like something to be embarrassed of. So we don't really address it. We don't really try to look inward and see what we can learn from it. We don't really look at the why of why it's there. But again, like that's so silly. Fear is valuable because it shows us what we value. When you're able to look at what you're scared of, it shows you what you value. You know, if you're scared of... I don't know, like, if you're scared of, like, let me think about this for a moment, getting, like, falling or whatever in front of people because you'll be embarrassed. Okay, ask yourself, why are you scared of that? Oh, because I'd be embarrassed. Okay, well, why would you be embarrassed? Because you are putting other people's perceptions of you above your own. That's what's going on there. If you rewire your brain to not care what people think, you falling wouldn't scare you anymore. And, I mean, maybe it would because you'd physically get hurt. But, like, if if the reason you're scared of falling is because you don't want to embarrass yourself in front of other people, then that means you are putting other people's perception and view of you above your own. You're putting too much value in their opinion of you. On page 49, Shetty wrote, we can use fear to get the best of us. And I like that because it really is, like, when you start to dissect it, you're able to find, you know, your strengths and you're able to switch those values and those morals that you are holding to something that would serve you better. We're always focusing on the negative things relating to fear and we're not focusing on the positives like we get so overwhelmed that we just start to and it's hard it's hard with fear because 
we when you when something triggers something in you where like something might have happened in the past it's easy to spiral it's so easy to spiral it's easy to start assuming like you know it's just it's so much easier to focus on the negatives you know and we talked about that in the last episode and he talks about it in the last chapter like negativity is all around us like and it's very easy for it to consume us and so when we're overwhelmed when we're in a state of fear like that fight or flight switches on like we can't help but go to what we're wired to do which is focus on the negative on page 51 Shetty writes when you deal with fear and hardship you realize that you are capable of dealing with fear and hardship and this is another thing that like I really liked because when bad things are happening as unfortunate and uncomfortable as they are you learn that you'll always find a way to figure things out you'll always find a way to handle it even if it's tough even if it doesn't feel like it in that moment there are there are four emotional reactions to fear that Shetty brings up there's panic there's the time when you freeze, there's the time when you run away, or there's the time when you bury it. The first two are more short-term, panic and freeze. The second two are a lot more long-term, which honestly, the long-term kind of results in longer-term, bigger uh, repercussions, if you will. Again, that's running away and burying it. Like, doing that does not it, it, it's, it, it could be long-term, not in the sense of fixing it, but in the sense of making things worse. Um, we do all, all of these emotional reactions just prevent a productive use of fear. So to change our relationship with fear, we've got to change our perception of it. And how you do that is you got to start to learn to recognize your reaction pattern to fear or like your emotional reactions you know like panic freeze running away or burying it shetty explains how monks begin any type of growth by becoming aware you know by simply observing to close the gap with fear we've got to observe it we've got to acknowledge it we've got to lean into it on page 52, Shetty wrote, pain makes us pay attention, or it should. That last part, or it should, like, that, I was just like, wow, because it should. But we've, for some reason, have been wired to ignore it and push it down and run away from it because it's uncomfortable. But like I said earlier, the more you go through these things, the more you learn that you are strong and resilient as shit and you can handle it. It's, it's not easy. It's not, no one said that. No one said it's going to be a walk in the park, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. Shetty, throughout this, encourages a powerful question to ask yourself and your fear. And that is asking your fear more so, like, when do I feel you? Like, when do I feel pain? Or when do, when do I feel fear? Once you're able to kind of become aware of when you feel it, then you're already a step ahead. On page 54, Shetty wrote, Patterns for distracting ourselves from fear are established when we're young. They're deeply 
ingrained, so it takes time and effort to uncover them. It all started at such a young age. So this is, like I've been saying, it takes time, it takes effort. You've got to be gentle with yourself. You've got to be patient with yourself because rewiring your brain from something that you've been taught since you were younger, like since longer than you can remember, like that, that's not an overnight switch. On page 55, Shetty wrote this cause or the cause of fear is attachment. The cure for fear is detachment. So, and he, we talk about, we've already talked about detachment in the last two episodes and it's a very big concept in the monk world. We've got to detach ourselves from the fear. We must see the fear as its own entity. We can't see the fear as part of us. It's separate from us. So instead of saying like, I am scared, you say, I feel scared. It's not I am, it's I feel. You are not the fear. You are not the emotion. You feel it, but you're not fear itself. You experience it, but it's not who you are. Many fears are closely rooted in attachment. On page 55, Shetty wrote, Clinging to temporary things gives them power over us, and they become sources of pain and fear. But when we accept the temporary nature of everything in our lives, we can feel gratitude for the good fortune of getting to borrow them for a time. He explains how, like, and I, I love this, like, it's, it's so true. Like, literally every single thing that you quote-unquote own is actually just being borrowed. Like, we are, like, spiritual beings living in a material world, and so we cannot keep any material item at all. All of this is being borrowed. This is not ours. There's going to become a time where it's not yours anymore. And yeah, maybe it might become someone you're related to, you know, if you pass away and you you know there's like a like I have some stuff that you know like my like I have a sewing box for example that I keep all my memories and like cards and stuff like that and that box was my grandma's it was my dad's mom's and I don't know where she got it but you know I have it now and it's it it, it was hers and she never necessarily gave it away but like it's it's my, it's quote unquote mine now, but it's not mine. You know, like it's, there's going to be a time when I'm not here. And like, then what's going to happen to the box? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, and like cars, like, yeah, it's quote unquote yours right now. You bought it or whatever. And like, or you have money, but like that money is going to be moved around. You're going to give that money to someone else. And then they're going to give it to someone else. Like everything is being borrowed. You don't actually have everything and things can be taken away so quickly. So like when you diminish that attachment it just makes for it, it it frees you of so much like unfortunately there's situations where you know people's houses burn down all their stuff gets lost their stuff gets stolen like things get broken things get ruined and that happens so it's important to detach from anything material really on page 56 shetty wrote it is not possible to control all external events 
But if I simply control my mind, what need is there to control other things? I'll say that again. It is not possible to control all external events. But if I simply control my mind, what need is there to control other things? You shouldn't... First, okay. One, you shouldn't have to feel like you should control and have to, like, quote-unquote, own these material things. Because if you do, that means you're not focusing inward. That means you don't have control over your own mindset. This is detachment. This minimizes fear. We can't judge the moment. We can't... I always tell myself this. Don't react to the 3D. Like, there are moments... Like, in our... Like, think back. Like, revisit past joys. Revisit past successes. Think about how good they felt. But then think about the moments leading up to it. I personally have never had a child but one example that I think would make sense if you had a child a beautiful baby girl or whatever you and she's you know five years old right now she's going to school she's happy she's healthy she's the light of your life awesome Now, let's say, like, the day she was born was, like, the happiest day of your life. And, like, that's, I hope it is. I really hope it is. If it's not, then maybe reevaluate your parenting skills. Anyway, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. But where I'm getting at is prior to this best day of your life, you had nine months of maybe you were extremely sick a lot. Maybe you had a lot of health scares. Maybe you got in an accident and you were terrified that, you know, you put your baby's health at risk. Maybe there was a lot of financial stress and you weren't sure how you were going to make ends meet. Maybe your uh, your husband or baby daddy or whatever, maybe something happened to them and, like, you, you now you're like, oh, how do I do this by myself? Like, there's all these things that, and again, this is just something I'm, like, making up in my head, but, like, these are also very real life situations like there's always going to be those uncomfortable moments but they always tend to lead us to like the best moments of our lives so just don't forget about that I try to remind I I actually say this in my classes a lot again I teach group fitness classes like at the end of each class the moment it's over and it's usually you know depending on the class like at the very end it's it's hard you know like because you you're letting it all out you know, in my cycle class, we always end with like a sprint, you know, and you're just, you're finishing strong and, you know, you've been working so hard for such a long time. And like that very last moment, like when you're like right after the class ends, right when the workout, like when the work part stops and like you enter in the cool down and the stretch, I always tell them, I'm like, just, just pause right here. Just be here. Don't think about what you have to go and do after class. Don't think about how you go get groceries or whatever. Just be in this moment. Acknowledge what you did. Acknowledge how hard you worked, how uncomfortable it was, how tough that was. And then acknowledge how you feel right now. And enjoy this feeling because it's temporary and you don't get it back. But you're going to acknowledge this feeling. You're going to remember 
how uncomfortable it was to get to this feeling and you're going to remember this for next time next time you don't want to go to class you're going to remind yourself how good it feels when you get through it and i i think that is a great way to live life in general it's not just about the workout class it's about any other struggles that we face on the daily basis Shetty wrote about this Roman philosopher Seneca and on page 58 he wrote, which Seneca wrote, our fears are more numerous than our dangers and we can suffer more in our imagination than reality. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big overthinker. I overanalyze everything. I've been a big thinker worrier for as long as I can remember. Like I remember being five years old laying up, laying awake at night just worrying about anything and everything. And the thing is, some of it was valid, but some of it was completely made up in my head. And in regards to trauma, which we've all dealt with some form of in, at some point of our lives, when we are presented with a situation that might have triggered something in our brain that related to a past trauma, we you know, we go in this fight or flight mode and we start to assume the very worst. We start to, you know, create these scenarios. We, we start to like, just, we just, we make things up. We spiral. We start to assume all the worst things to like, quote unquote, prepare us. And it's silly because like half the time, nothing even close to as bad as what you were imagining happens. I think Shetty wrote at one point, like fear makes us like uh, amazing fiction writers or something like that. Like it's so true. Like we just, we, we come up with all these awful things that don't, haven't even happened. And then we start living these awful things because they're so real to us in our head, but it's like, we don't have to live through them because they're not actually happening. On page 62, Shetty wrote, when we deny fear, our problems follow us. On page 63, Shetty wrote, what you run from only stays with you longer. When we push stuff down, when we deny stuff, when we run away from it, it literally is, it's going to follow you. Like it's going to keep coming up. If you have a house burning down and you hear a smoke detector going off if you just and you want the detector to go off if you just go and take the batteries out and go back to sleep like you got some bigger problems like that problem is going to get even bigger than if you were to address it immediately if you are arguing i don't know if you're if you're in a tense state with your friend or you're arguing or whatever and you just like start to suppress it or you ignore it or you deny it like it's just gonna create more and more tension like you can't just push stuff down and I mean I've talked a lot about that on my podcast and I talk about it in therapy all the time like when you have all these emotions like that's what I'm working through right now I when I was younger I would suppress my feelings so much to the point that they are still stuck in my body to this day because your body holds on to stuff your body keeps the score. There's literally a book titled that. Like, it's going to stay with you. And I'm sure you've heard things in the past about, or before, like, I don't know. I feel like I've heard in regards specifically to relationships, like, 
if you get into a toxic relationship and you seem to keep getting into these toxic relationships but you're not actually like addressing it you're not actually like you know figuring out where it comes from you're not figuring it you're not trying to learn like why you think you deserve this like it's just gonna keep following you you're gonna keep attracting these toxic relationships and situations until you get to the root of the problem until you address it so I am encouraging you today to acknowledge something you don't even have to deep dive into it I all I'm asking is you acknowledge it just 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 observe it don't judge it don't be harsh on yourself don't push yourself to the point where you shut down like just acknowledge hey I'm just like whatever it is like maybe maybe you and your friend you you're in a toxic situation like just to, just you don't you don't have to go and cut them off you don't have to go and have a talk with them all all you need to do is just you know just tell yourself you know this situation might not be in my best interest you know i think i deserve better than this you know this isn't really working out the way that i would hope for it to work out that's it. That's all you have to do. Just acknowledge it. Acknowledge the fact that you've maybe been not so honest with yourself. Just acknowledge it. That's the first step. And then you can slowly go from there. Be gentle with yourself. Stay consistent. And over time, things will get better. And I'm here for you. All right. You can message me on Instagram. My Instagram is chloe.vetter, C-H-L-O-E dot V as in Victor, E-T-T-E-R. Message me any comments about this episode, any requests, any questions that you have. I want to know what you guys want to hear, so please let me know. Um, at the end of the day, remember that fear, whether we want to or not, whether it's in a good way or not, it motivates us. So in the next chapter, uh, he talks, Chetty talks about looking at our primary motivators and so chapter four is titled intention so stay tuned next friday we'll talk about intentions we'll talk about our primary motivators thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode i really hope you got something from it i really hope you learned something from it i appreciate you all so much for being here for sticking around until the very end i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day of your night whenever you're listening to this and hey if if you don't the sun will rise and we will try again Thank you guys so much. I'll see you all next Friday with another episode. Peace out.